Welcome to the Friends and Rivals podcast. Let's talk devils and islanders, let's talk penguins and rangers, but let's not talk about flyers, because they're a bunch of fucks, which no one can deny, which no one can deny. Episode 35, Friends and Rivals podcast coming at you. I am one of your hosts, Tom Harkis. With me, as always, are... Steven, with a V, Wojtowicz. This is Logan Malou. Say cheese, everybody. Nick Larita on location in a cabin. Now, now, Steve, your your voice got a little high, and and I'm, I'm not sure you ever explained to everybody that you spell your name with a V and not a PH. Well, you know, this if the listeners are wondering, that's how I spell it. Okay. Do you, I mean, do you not like people who spell Stephen with a PH? No, nobody does. No, no, there are people who actually do it. I'm saying nobody likes them. Oh. Not even the people who spell Stephen with a PH. No, they're like they're mad at their parents for using a PH instead of a V. What about well, that's it's not Stephen, it's Stephen Curry. I mean, that's oh, Jesus Christ. I don't even want to talk about fucking that. First and well, foremost, fuck the Flyers. Fuck the Flyers to get out of the way. Oh yeah, thank you. And um, we have a, a special treat with us tonight. We have guys. We have an Olympic expert with us this evening to talk all about women's gymnastics because apparently it's very topical and uh, apparently nothing is going on in the nhl right now to where we have to talk about the fucking olympics so now i bring in tina wojciewicz the beautiful wife of steven with a v and um you know things got kind of out of hand today with um gabby douglas pulled out with uh, the, gabby uh, douglas. what's her name simone bile what's the fucking also a, a female right. gymnast can't pull out <laughs> that's a very good point bill but I mean, every two to every four to eight years is another hot shot fucking gymnast who stays around too much longer than she should have. And in this case, we were all right. Um, that, you know, Gabby Douglas is just, you know, way past her prime. And she had a problem today and she pulled out of the, of the team uh, Olympic gymnastics. Now, Tina, as the expert, what happened? What happened to Gabby? First of all, stop calling her Gabby. You make me want to poke my own eyeballs out. I do that again. It's Simone. What happened with Simone? Thank you. Um, so I have a theory. And my theory is that... Wait, 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 did you write this down? No. Oh, okay. You're just looking down at, at something. Else. No, That's I was going to have my phone ready just in case I needed to Google anything since you, you labeled me an expert and I'm don't. clearly not. Well, do you listen to me. Do you have a microphone in front of you? Yes, yes. Then yes. you're a fucking expert. Sorry. I mean, it, it doesn't take much on the show to make you an expert. Yeah, and Stephen with a V should have told you that. Where were you, Stephen with a V? If she ever listened to the podcast, she would have known that. I do, right down the freaking hallway. Okay, so here's my theory. That's a good point. As we discussed a little bit last night, actually, in our free time with you. Nobody's supposed to know that. Sorry, side okay. texting. Yeah, here, um, hey, sure. She had a rough day at the Olympic trials in St. Louis right? She usually walks around like from apparatus to apparatus and she is like smiling and joking and having a good time. And she was off that second day. Like she just kept making mistake after mistake. And you can see the look of worry on her face when they had the prelims the other night. So I think she's just living in her head too much. And the stress of people calling her the goat and the fact that she kept screwing up and she's used to like never making mistakes that consistently just got to her. Well, listen, you, you said it. I didn't, I would never call Gabby Douglas the goat or, or Simone Biles either, but you know, what makes somebody the goat 
They're the greatest in their sport, maybe in the history of their sport. They overcome adversity and they deal with the pressure. To me, Gabby is no longer the GOAT. Okay. At all. She can no longer be called that or have that monocle be put on her because, I don't know. Monocle? She, she quit. Monocle? monocle? Not, like, or whatever. One eyed glass? What? Sure. We, we I'm a monocle guy. <laughs> oh my God. The moniker? What, whatever the fuck it is. Maybe a moniker. I'm... That's the one. A moniker. That's the one. Thank you, Definitely a monocle. This is why I have you here, Bill. My God. So, um, and, and as an expert, can she be called the goat anymore? Okay. So I believe yes, because you're high as a kite. I'm not. Okay. I'm I'll a, give you, I'll give you, I'll give you time to explain. Stay off the drugs, man. Stay off the drugs. Um, she has so many moves named after her because she just does some moves that are such a high degree of difficulty that nobody else in the sport can do. So imagine Michael Jordan coming out on the flu game and going, guys, just too sick to play. Can't do it. You got to do it without me. Okay, but here's the difference. Wait. <sighs> he grinned and bared and got through the game and was successful. That's why he's the GOAT. Uh, Michael Jordan. He's the GOAT. Michael Jordan left his sport for like three years. And then came back. Yeah. He tried Dude, a different sport. Shut the fuck up, Bill. But here's the difference. <laughs> okay, hold on. Have you watched Simone Biles? Who's that? Have you watched her when she vaults or when she does her tumble passes? Yeah, just tonight I saw it. She okay. Did you notice how she doesn't, like, she rarely sticks her landing, like, completely sticks it? Yeah, well, the, the, on the floor exercise, for instance, she made that ridiculous twist and turn in the air, and then when she landed, she kind of bounced and went, like, almost completely, not oh off just God. off the mat, but out of the arena. Because she's running with so much power and tumbling with so much power, right? So imagine the potential. Wait, she's just too fast for her sport? Nope, listen. Where have I heard this, Billy? Billy, have you said this before? Who's too fast to play the game? Is that Barzell? Barzell is too fast for hockey, right? Didn't you say that? I did say that at one point. So yeah. Gabby Douglas is too fast for the floor exercise. Yes. Okay. And the vault. <laughs> I mean, all right, that's two out of the four. Okay, so as I was saying before you so rudely interrupted. This is our life every every week on the podcast, by the way. But I'm going to let you go. Okay. The, the interruption about Michael Jordan or which one, which interruption? Okay. She has trouble sticking the landings because she is moving with so much power, right? So imagine now she knows she's off her game, but she still has to do the floor exercises. She has to get on a four inch beam knowing she's off her game and doing the most difficult moves literally in the entire world. So knowing she's off, that could put her at serious physical risk. Okay, and I, I want to give you a serious- hurt herself. I want to give you a serious rebuttal against this. And I don't even think Billy can, can chime in and say, oh, he left the game a bit. <laughs> 2007 US Open, Tiger Woods, Tory Pines, completed the final round on a broken leg. Not only did he tie Rocco, he went to a playoff. And that playoff wasn't just one or two holes. It was 18 holes the next day on a broken leg and still won the U.S. Open. If that's not overcoming adversity, overcoming stress, overcoming every, all the odds to make that person the GOAT, I don't know. Different reasons. I, I don't know what is then. But at that if, point, he already knows. So if, so if I just give up on what I'm doing, I can still be called the GOAT. 
Yes, I think she could still be called. Oh my God, there's no if you, way. If you've got the body of work that would, you know, surpass what everybody else did, and I don't know because I don't really watch Gabby Douglas that See? much. But Fuck you, Gabby. <laughs> Eight straight years without losing a competition. She won every con every competition she entered for eight straight years. But All right. Individual, overall individual. Winner. Individual overall winner. Yeah, so she hasn't she still hasn't broken that either. It's still going on. Correct. Right, because the the individuals aren't until Thursday night. Yeah, but listen, she still let her team down. Her team didn't win the gold, they won the silver, and she actually still got a medal. But, I have but, I have issue with that. Okay, so here, wait, I have two things about that then. Number one, the fact that her team had to then compete without her. They were on their own, right? The they only, deserve everything they get. Exactly. No doubt about it. So they were all riding on her coattails, just expecting to win the gold because of her. Well, this was their chance to have to rise to the top. Yeah, but what, okay. In, in what the team, she in the, did was by not being in the competition, she just didn't provide them with a score to be able to drop, which meant the three of them needed to be on their game. And you know what? They're Olympians. They should be on their game. And and they were. They were on their game, exactly. but just and not enough because I don't believe there was enough preparation. There wasn't enough mental time to get prepared to do the events. So she was supposed to be in a number of events, right? The vault, I'm um, assuming the floor exercises all, and yeah. the uneven bars or, or all of them. So now they're minus a player and now everybody else has got to pick up the slack. Her point value could have catapulted them into first place. Absolutely, could have. Even, even if they had sub, even if the rest of them had sub per rounds, but they didn't, they rose and shine and they won the silver medal and they deserve every accolade they're going to get and they deserve to show that silver medal off all the time. And when Jerry spoke to Hoda Kotb this morning on the Today Show, she did refer to the other three members of her team as silver medalists. She did not acknowledge it for herself. Then I would agree with that. And I would absolutely agree with that. I think this whole thing of her being the goat, sorry, I, I, just, I just don't buy it. Sorry. Can you imagine... The, the knowing the kind of pressure that was on her shoulders for her to then remove herself for the competition. Like, can you imagine what was going through her head to be able to make that decision? That's how bad it must have been. Look, we don't know what she went through, what she was going through, what her mental state was. And, and you're right. It had to be really, really bad in order for her to back out of the Olympics. I mean, this is what you prepare for. This is what you work for. Right. Was it just okay? I have an Olympic gold medal anymore. I don't. I don't need anything. I'm. I'm no. good. I can leave. I can leave my team in a lurch. No, it was. Did you see me land that shitty vault? This is not how I perform, and I am off my game. And I get your fucking head in the game. You're. You're. You're the goat. You should be able to get your head in the game. Back in the game. That was the issue. You raise your level of play. Is what I'm saying. If you're the goat, you raise your level. You're of right. Play. And I can't wait to see you do that when you're the goat of your sport. I am the goat of podcasting. He is the goat of podcasting. That's why we're on his podcast. Totally. That's, right. That's why he interrupts everybody. Yeah. Right? Well, Tina, I, I, I really want to thank you for giving your expert analysis on the on the Olympics. Um, it's very nice of you to come on our podcast. Hopefully you start listening now um, at the end of season one. 
Uh, so we thank you very much. And um, where can we find you on the Twitter, on Facebook? Let everybody know. Um, you won't find me on the Twitter. I keep a low profile. I don't need people knowing my life. Sorry, buddy. All right. Does that well, mean she never poops? Apparently not. I thought when you go on apparently, the never, girls apparently when you're not. when you are on the shitter, you need to check the Twitter. I don't poof either. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Well, thank you very much, Tina. You're welcome. I'll keep making comments from down the hallway. Okay. Mm. Oh, we, we look forward to it. Uh, absolutely look forward uh, to it. Go Voltron. Bye, guys. It was fun. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Tina. Love it. So let's talk some hockey. Um, right. What, anything happen? <laughs> so the draft happened. Yeah. And um, look, I, I, I've, I've said it for, for at least two weeks now that the, the draft is, to me, is a crapshoot. You, you, these guys haven't played full seasons. They're out of their routines. You're really, you're really unsure of what you're going to get. Um, but I thought the Islanders had a great draft. Um, I, thought, I thought the Rangers, I don't know what they were thinking in the first round. There was plenty of centers to pick, and they picked the wing. Okay, like we needed another fucking left wing. That's fine. Um, I didn't really – Pittsburgh didn't do anything that really stood out to me, uh, maybe because they didn't have a first-round pick. Um, but what I really want to get to first um, is the Devils. At, at number four, um, apparently Jack Hughes was really, really excited. Really – now, I, I want to ask a serious question here. Who do you think was more excited? So you have the, the Australian swimming coach. And you oh, have, that's good. And you have Jack Hughes. Which one was more excited at the time those things happened, the draft, or that uh, the, the, the cute Australian blonde chick won gold medal in swimming? Which one got, was more excited? Push. You think it's a push? I, 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 think, I think the Australian coach was a little bit more excited. That guy practically ran around the entire arena doing dances – uh, and nearly gave one of the workers at the arena a heart attack. I, I, I understand, and I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I have two brothers. Uh, and, and if something that exciting happened to me, I don't think I would jump up and hump their leg in excitement that they got drafted number four in the NHL draft. And they were if, on my team. If you look, I, don't, I don't know if I'd do that. If you look at each of the players getting drafted, so if you look at Quinn getting drafted, Jack getting drafted, and now Luke getting drafted, the brothers all overreacted for the other one. The, the player getting picked was always the calmest of the three. Well, that, that was surely evident in the uh... in the selection. But uh... I, I also don't believe you, Tom, because uh, I, I've I've – We've been on teams where we've won like a, a, a D League tournament, and you've jumped on me like Pavel Bore. Hey, man. <laughs> but I, I did I hump your leg? I, I when I was down, oh, I, Nick, I there's I'm, no I'm not, telling I'm, what you would. I'm done. not talking private, Nick. I'm talking <laughs> just out of pure excitement. Was it a little too rambunctious? Maybe, but he has every right to be excited that he gets to play at the highest level of his sport with his brother. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, sweet. My issue would be more of those pants he was wearing. Just They were atrocious looking, but that's besides the point. They seem to be a little baggy. 
Yeah, just terrible. Were they parachute pants? Hammer time pants? <laughs> exactly. They, they were they were practically Z cavalry. Yes. <laughs> nice. They're probably coming back. It's been long enough. Now they had projections for next year's draft. There's a Jack Hughes in next year's draft. There is a Jack Hughes, no relation to the Hughes family. The first. And he's the center, right? Yes. Please, and he's on the, I think he's even on the U.S. national developmental team. Please, Lord in heaven. Mm. If there is no. a God out there, please let the devil select Jack Hughes next year. At we better not be in a position to select. How are they going to, how are they going to put like different names on the back? Is one of them going to have to go by John or like. How would you they might have to go by, by first letter name? initial and middle name. Middle, initial. middle initial maybe. Oh, oh God. Oh, the, or just spell out the whole first, middle, and last name across the back. Wow, be wild! That would be uh, that would be pretty insane. That would be. Well, where, where is the other Jack Hughes expected to go? Pretty high I, in the draft next year. Yeah, I think number four, number five, and right so now he's projected to go to Anaheim or something like that. I saw, um, but I and anyway, that's a that's a story for the end of season two. Um, so just getting back to the draft, I was obviously very happy with the pick. Um, I know it was really between him and Brent Clark, who didn't wind up going until about like ninth or tenth. Um, I was hoping they would take Luke Hughes just because from everything I've seen, it's he's just got more offensive upside than than Clark has. And that's what the team, you know, that's what that's what the team needs. Nice. Maybe talk about that. I felt like I felt like they reached at 29. They went for a player who wasn't expected to go until like mid late second round. But I'm guessing that's because they didn't have a second round pick and they just really liked him. So they drafted uh, Chase Stillman at 29. And then in the, in the fourth round or no, the third round, they picked a player that had fallen a little bit. So they kind of balanced each other out. They picked a player that was rated higher, lower in the draft. And they picked picked a player that was lower rated, higher in the draft. So they kind of even each other out. So the Islanders made made some deals. They had some pretty decent picks. Yeah, um, no real deals too much at the you know in terms of the, the draft picks themselves. But um, we weren't picking until till late in the second round, and uh, we ended up picking up a kid that uh, was originally planned to or projected. Uh, to be in top five, top 10 of the, of the draft with our second pick, which is our first pick, which is I think like 52nd or so overall. Um, Atu Ratu, uh, he's, uh, he's a center, which is exactly what we needed is started stocking the centers in our, in our draft pool. Uh, he surprisingly had a four goal game the, basically the same day of the draft. Yeah, yeah, it was that later night. on. Yeah. Yeah. In an international tournament. And um, one goal was empty netter, but nevertheless, hat trick in the game is uh, pretty awesome. I watched some of the highlights of the, of the shot, the, the goals in he had, and they were all like around the net. They weren't like flashy, you know, amazing shots. They were, you know, right where he needed to be in, in the right spot at the right time. Uh, but turns out, you know, we talk, you've talked about this a lot, Tom, is that these guys haven't played any hockey in the last two years. Unless they've been playing in, you know, uh, in the in certain leagues that in North America or, 
you know, I guess in other leagues that, that we're playing, but not really much, especially not in the, the lower level, like in the younger, with all these kids, he, uh, he, I was mentioning before, he, he, he dropped early in the, or later in the, in the, after his initial projections, he wasn't, pro- he wasn't progressing well. And there's a number of reasons why that came up. There's actually an article in the athletic about him um, kind of goes into it a little bit, but long story short, he, you know, he, he didn't kind of, he wasn't panning out the way that the, they were projecting him to regardless of the situation. And, um, but now hopefully he gets some stability and more playing time because of just overall, nobody played. Um, and he's got another year on his deal and he'll probably come over to the U S you know, play in the HL, uh, hopefully a year later, you know, next, not this year coming up, but you know, next year. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm excited to see him play because he's, like I said, a, a big need for us. And then uh, we picked up a goalie uh, in third round. And then a couple of other, other uh, center f- uh, forward and then a couple of defensemen. So just all late picks that uh, are to say how they're all going to pan out. Anything past the third round, I'm kind of like, you know, well, it's a crapshoot. We, we don't know. And this is also a year that they're, that the, you know, the experts are calling this a weak draft. So who knows? Uh you figure most of these guys are all going to be pro- projects anyway, but uh, I'm pretty excited about our second round pick, who really was was a, a first rounder for us in a sense. So, did the Islanders trade up for that in that in the uh, in the second round to to move up? No, it was it was the um, it was the pick from uh, I think Edmonton, um, if I remember correctly. So we we didn't we didn't make any trades during the draft for any any player any uh any picks we stayed we stayed spot in our spots, uh, we kept we traded our our second round pick we were using the, the other one from a previous trade, um I think it's from the Eberle trade it could be not obviously trade um yeah from the Eberle trade sorry, uh and then um that was pretty much it so draft went pretty pretty by the books for them based on their their draft picks. And Billy, the Penguins didn't have many draft picks, but they had five draft picks. And um, what really stood out to you, if, if anybody? Yeah, not too much really stood out from that draft. They, uh, their, their, their top pick in the draft was a uh, second round, uh, round mid round of the second round, even later. Uh, Tristan Braz, uh, who's uh, going to be uh, going back to the University of Minnesota forward. Um, Supposed to be a, a pretty aggressive, uh, creative thinker out there. Um, uh, so you know, but obviously that's uh, lots of development a long way off until they have any expectations of seeing him in Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, and that that was really the highlight. Their 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 second round uh, pick. Not much buzz about the rest. Mm. I'm glad I'm glad Billy brought up that this kid was going to the University of Minnesota. That reminded me. Do you think if the University of Michigan was an NHL team, they would make the playoffs next season? It was practically the first 10 picks. There was like six guys that are going to Michigan next year. Well, they didn't even win the Frozen Four last year, did they? No, because some of those, like Luke is going to Michigan next year. Where, right. you know, Owen Power was there, but now yeah, Luke but you had Power going. and you had Bernier and you had, there was one other kid, right? I think one other one. And then there's two other ones that were in the top 10 that are going there next year. Uh, do I think they'd make the playoffs? No, I do not. No. Not and probably they would be more of the Ottawa Senators, in my opinion, if the, if that ever happened. Well, I was um, really just kidding, but okay. 
<laughs> the, the, the Rangers selected a, a senior in high school. Like he's going into his senior year in high school is Brody Lamb kid. Man, um, did he stay back? What, what, did he stay back two stay years? Oh, yeah, I, I don't Jeez. know, but he, he's projected out more than TJ Oshie. I read on Twitter or something like that. He's going to uh, U.S. Um, Developmental League after his senior year of high school. So they, they got in on him a little early. Wow. He asked me. Um, but they also got this six-six goalie. I mean, that's that's the big thing in the NHL now, right? Vasilevsky yeah, is setting that trend with goalies. The, if the you're Devils, not six-six, the Devils drafted a, a goalie that was really big too. Yeah, yeah, that's that, they're setting the trend. I don't think big goalies are anything new. I'm just gonna throw that out there. That's <laughs> big though. Six-six, six-seven goalies. Well, not everybody's. There haven't always been a lot of them around, but like you know. It's always been, uh, but it's like, always been preferable to put the size in there. Yeah, but you're you're used to Mark Andre Fleury, who's what five nine, five ten. Uh, we're used to Mike Richter back in the day, and I mean Brodor wasn't a giant, and you know Lundqvist is not a giant. Shesterkin, and the, all these guys are not really big guys. But if you you look at Vasilevsky, um, I think Bishop was was a big guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's the danger, though, right? You got you got a guy like a Ben Bishop who just is incredible when he when he can actually play you got a guy like matt murray who was when he was on his game one of the best in the league but those lanky guys that they're they're not always durable vasilevsky is a unicorn with with his size and the fact that he's able to play sumo wrestlers that's that's the next step sumo that's that's exactly it well they would fill up a lot of net yeah, that's why I said it. Thanks. <laughs> well, I'm just ex- over explaining the joke. That's what that's what I do. Wow. Um, so look, nothing really, in my opinion, nothing really great in the draft. Um, and and again, it's it's going to be a crapshoot. What we what I'm excited about um, is the upcoming free agency that begins tomorrow at noon. And there's been a lot of buzz. There's been a lot of talk. Um, but I want to start out with um, Dougie Hamilton. Um, Dougie Hamilton is right now projected to go to the New Jersey Devils tomorrow. Um, it's not a big surprise. It's been talked about for the past couple of days. But what, but what was surprising is that who Carolina is going to choose and sign in order to replace Dougie Hamilton in Carolina, and that is Tony D'Angelo. I I don't get it. I don't see it. I don't understand how you bring a guy like that into an environment that the Canes have. I don't care how good he is. Um, I just think he's, he could be a cancer for that team. Just see Trevor Bauer pitching for the LA Dodgers. That's how it's going to wind up. (laughs) He's going to have the fans on his side. The fans down there. (laughs) I, I don't think that though. Well, well, maybe actually. I don't think that's I don't south. think that's south far is far enough south. <laughs> it may not be far enough south. He may need to go to Texas for that though. If yeah. Alabama had a hockey team, I think you would be right on target. Yeah, that's true. There you go. So, well, Nick, you haven't actually been in Carolina, um, but I, I, I'm just is there much to... news about the Tony D'Angelo signing up there in the Finger Lakes? <laughs> yeah, we got by pigeon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. I'm not surprised um, though they went for it, but hey, you know what? It, he, maybe he'll uh, turn himself around and uh, talk less and uh, actually uh, just put, you know, show uh, show his uh, stuff on the ice. But I, I don't know. I, the time isn't, you know, history doesn't really, you know, treat that, that kind of, those kind of players 
you know, our personality as well. It's usually they're going to do the same stupid shit. So who's I'm pretty the, sure. Who's the goalie in Carolina these days? Uh, there is uh, not yet. Is there? They uh, they traded Nevelt, Nevelt, whatever that guy was. Yeah. They're not going to play here no more. Um, I hope they don't sign a Russian to play goal. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they do. He doesn't, he doesn't not like Russian goalies. He hates. Well, yeah, was not Russian. He's Hungarian. Or something like that. Whatever. Um, Such a racist, Steve. So, Jesus, Steve. <laughs> My God in heaven. But look, Dougie Hamilton, Tony D'Angelo, uh, to me, are, are complete opposite players. Tony D is a small little guy. Dougie Hamilton's a big guy. Everywhere Tony's been, he's been in, in, in Tampa, he's been in Arizona, he's been in New York, and it's been the same old story with Tony D'Angelo. And how Carolina thinks that's going to change, I don't know. He's an offensive defenseman. He's probably going to come in real cheap. <laughs> Why not take I mean, a flyer on him? He's not being I, – I don't think you can bring it, a player in to replace Dougie Hamilton. I don't think you – when you say replace – I'm talking uh, you know. point values and maybe a spot on the power play, something like that. But he's not going to He's not gonna play number one line minutes in, in Carolina. No. It's, just, it's just not happening. He but, was he was awful with the Rangers last season before you know even before the whole incident went down. It, he was it's not like he was playing well there. No, and even in the bubble, you remember what Aho did to him in the bubble? He's going to do that routinely to him in practice, and make sure he knows about it probably. So it, it was just very very odd to me that Carolina Are you talking about practice. Practice, <laughs> not a game. Not a game. You talk about practice. No, but maybe he can pull a Matt Cook and turn his life around with Carolina. Maybe he can. Maybe he can. Um, but I don't know. I, How old is he? He's 24? I don't know, something like that. He's Yeah, he's still I mean, young. And, and Think he about maturity-wise where you were at 24. It's, you know, maybe, you know, strike three here is going to be what really gets him to change his frame of mind. And maybe the the fact that you know he's he's sat you know maybe when he first when the Rangers first you know benched him and and you know, put him behind him and maybe he thought that there'd be teams scrambling to go get him because he he has shown talent in the past and there was nothing and I mean like maybe that time gave him some perspective who knows but uh yeah kind of an asshole but you know everybody seems to get another chance in this league until uh, <laughs> until until you really get a contract like the one he, he may get in Carolina and completely fall flat on it. That might be his last chance. So on the Dougie, somebody, is that what you're saying? Yeah. On the Dougie Hamilton topic, if Cal McCarr signs for six years at $54 million for a 9 million cap hit and Seth Jones signs for eight years at 76 for a $9.5 million cap hit, is Dougie Hamilton going to get nine or 9.5 or more? Yeah. Or less, I think because of his age. Range. Because of his age, is he going to take? Is he going to get like eight point five to nine? You know, those guys are you know twenty two, twenty three years old. I have something. So, so an in interesting person said this today: for all the revenue lost during COVID and the salary cap restraints. It sure pays these days to be a marginal talent in the NHL. Quote, unquote, Bill Fougere. So do you think he's going to get nine and a half or 10? I, well, I don't think he's going to get 10, but I think he's going to get in the nine to nine and a half range. Well, no, let me rephrase that. I think he's going to get eight and a half to nine and a half. Somewhere in there, Dougie Hamilton is going to fall. And he's going to get it from the New Jersey Devils because they're going to overpay for him. 
they're they're definitely going to it's nice it's nice to finally be on the right side of of some news like this you know the devils very rarely are the team that land the the big superstar or the prize jewel of free agency they're just not well, they tied got, to dougie they got the cap space yeah they're they're tied to uh karasenko they're tied to i mean you you name the i mean they're not the arizona coyotes um you the Devils are really tied to every high-priced free agent out there because they have the cap space to spend it. They do, and that's it. And they seem like they're going to be making – and they want to make a move. They're a team that wants to make a move. Not just not that they just have the cap space. But I'm going to tell you this, and Tom Fitzgerald, I know you're listening. Stay away from Braden Holpe. You Stay, want yes. no part of Holpe at that's a, all. That's a, that's a goddamn Rangers fan who's trying to set you straight, Tom. So stay away from Braden from Holpe. You want no part of that guy at all. You know, you know a name that I think would be really good on the Devils now that he's bought out. You could probably get him real cheap. It's Jeff Skinner. As as much as we talked about that contract at nauseum, you put him on if a line. You with Jack Hughes, if you can get him, if you can get him cheap, since he was bought out, if you can get him cheap, that's not a bad option. Not a bad option at all. Was Skinner bought out? I didn't hear that he was. I, I, I thought was, you just said he was. That no, was the news that you just well, you had some friendlies. sort of inside information. No, I, I I looked at Cap Friendlies and it said popular buyout. So and it just popped into my brain that he would actually be a really good fit with the Devils. He'd be a good fit. I again, they have cap space, but I don't <laughs> think you want to just start being willy nilly with it like that. Nope, nope. They didn't. They didn't buy him out. No. Oh. Unless you're Arizona, then you then you just go all willy nilly. Arizona, man. They took all the, they took Andrew Ladd. Okay. They took Andrew Ladd's contract. They have Phil Kessel on their team. Yeah. They single-handedly, single-handedly saved the Islanders offseason. Anton Uh, Stroman, Shane Gostaspare. Billy, what's his name? Shane Gostaspare. That's the one. I mean, Good Lord in heaven, man. Nick, do you think now you got the space? Is Paul Mary an option? It's going to be tough because of all these guys signing for so much. Uh, we got to still sign Bavillier, Sorokin, and uh, Pellick. And Pellick's going to be the, the biggest, you know, now we have to spend. Right now we have about 17, 18 million in, in cap space. The hope was we'd spend about 12 million to sign those three guys. Those three, and then, yeah, that's going to be tough. And then Palmieri, we could slide in and figure out how to make Sezikis work. So all that's going to be tough. I think the, the problem is in order to make Palmieri work at this point and Sezikis to keep the whole team together, like the the, the, the guys they want, uh, that means you're probably not going to be able to sign another defenseman um, with uh, Letty going. So they're going to have to deal. He's got the he's going to have to probably be replaced by Sebastian Aho, the best Sebastian Aho. And then um, on top of that, they'll have to also probably find a taker for Komarov in order to make that you know space mm-hmm. work. I don't know if it's going to be possible because even if Palmieri comes at a discount, say we sign him for like a five point five, yeah, you know that's that's going to be tough because they got to fit in Pellick, who's honestly like he. I thought it wasn't going to be a big deal. But when you've seen these defensemen go for six, yeah. eight, nine million dollars, his agents got to be looking at this like, well, guys, it's it's going to be hard to sign us under five million now. 
you know, it, I was thinking originally like 5.5, 5 million would be where they could get him for on an average. But now I'm like, I don't know if we're going to be on for seven. It's going to be hard because you got all these, got all these defensemen signed into massive contracts. You're going to tell me Seth, Seth Jones is, is that much better of a defenseman than, than Pellick? Absolutely not. He, he makes that much money. Like if, if we're going to sign a Pellick for six million a year, I mean, I like with yeah, Seth Jones, you know, I, I like Seth. He, he's got a great game, but my God, like almost double the amount of money. Come on. That's, that's not, that's not right. I, that's, that's just the, the, I get that he's a star or a star in the making. However, that's a, that's such a, a huge contract for a guy that has so little, you know, Pelic has been the top line defenseman on a team that went to the, the finals or conference finals twice in the last two years. And he was very noticeable in the playoffs. Very noticeable. That's the problem, right? It's because like, Oh, okay. Underrated guy, underrated guy for years, doesn't get the money. And then all of a sudden you got like Pierre Maguire, like, you know, having talking him up and talking, talking him up. every single time him and Pulak are on the, on the on the on the ice, and you know what, they deserve to talk because they were playing excellent. But now it's going to be hard. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. We'll, well see. Got a, Pelix is restricted with arbitration rights. Yep, he might. So that, he might that, be that, that actually could help him. That could help him a that could, well. That could help the Islanders a lot. Four, yeah. four, ten, and fourteen points in fifty-six games. Those aren't it's really. It, it, those aren't glaring numbers for defensemen. It's true, but it, it could lead to a, you know, we don't want to go to arbitration if, 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 if ever, you know, because then you're fighting with your, your your guys you want to play for you, and you know if, if it doesn't go the way they want, could lead to a down the road. Yeah, but he made one point six million dollars. That was his a uh, his cap hit last year. Hmm. You you sign him to a four and a half to five million dollar a year contract on a four year deal, something that to was, maybe bridge and eat a little bit of, of free, free agency. Might be that was not a, a bad point. deal for him. I mean, I think it's not, but the way he plays is going to be tough to replicate for a long time. You know, every defenseman blocks a lot of shots, and he's defensive defenseman kind of guy. Um, and so that's he's a shutdown, you know. So he he's 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 very physical to play. That that role, yeah, it takes so, its toll. Takes its toll. So I'm, yeah, I'm but Ryan Pulak is also making five million dollars. So if they're making very similar money, yeah, that might be okay. That might no, be I okay. Think, I, think, I think that's right. My worry isn't the five million. I wanted to find five million. I was hoping that they'd kind of go matching deals. I don't well, know if that's he, gonna happen anymore. I I I I don't. I think Lou is. Uh, I don't think Lou will, will let that happen. But yeah, they do see. have to sign Bavillier. They do have to sign Sezikis, and. Palmieri may be just somebody that they're just they just can't have back. He might be a luxury. Uh, he might be a luxury that they may not be able to bring back. He's a guy that they have to bring back. Uh, with with Eberle going away, they need the offense. Uh, um, you know, and I think he fits the team better than Eberle. I've said a bunch of times on the last few weeks. Um, but if anybody's going to get overpaid, dude, it's going to be Sezikis. It's not going to be Pellet. We'll see. Sezikis uh, apparently said he would take. Five million to leave at the island when um, with Seattle. Uh, Seattle was was calling him. Apparently during that time, that was the what he told them, which they weren't paying five million dollars a year for fourth line center. So no. I think that the idea is that unless he got a big deal, he's not leaving the island. I'm pretty sure. Well, I think the, I think the Islanders are pretty sure he's 
not going anywhere. It would have to be. He'll, like a t- he'll take a little bit of a hometown discount. Yeah, I yeah, think but so. with, with with Goudreau's contract and what Coleman's projected to get, Sezikis, I might be better than both of them. He he's good, man. I mean, he's also not that young. I mean, he's thirty years him. old. That's not bad. Yeah. He's he's like, right for the picking on a four year deal at five million dollars. He's gonna jump all over that. He's not gonna get that much. He's, he'll, he'll, I think he'll get about three from us. But it doesn't matter. Somebody's gonna project uh, him not as a fourth line center. Someone's gonna project him at a third or even a second. Well, no, I don't think a second line center. Not a second. But someone's gonna project him at a third a line third center. Line, yeah. A third line center and pay him the five million dollars a year to be their third line center. Nah, the problem is like, like I said, it's they have to give him a ton of money. You say you put the thing out there as five million bucks uh, to leave the island. He doesn't want to leave the island. He wants to stay there. He's got his family's all there. It's tough for your family and to leave the place, right? So I don't, I don't think that's going to happen unless, unless some team throws out a giant number. Which Nick, to make twenty million dollars, I'd leave. <laughs> I have no problems with it, pal. <laughs> for four years, you'll get back four there years? eventually. Yeah, but he's made, he's made money. It's not that's not the problem. It's like you know, I don't, know. I don't think he's, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think the teams are ha- – all the moves that are happening right now, I think that's going to limit his – where he can go. I, I just don't know if it's going to be the case. Every team, every team wants to add grit, though, these days. I mean, every team's looking that's, at That's the something. in vogue move. Yeah, it's the in yeah. vogue move. So he, he could be in demand. I mean, I'm not saying I, – I, ex- I kind of expect him to stay on the island as, as well, but, but I, I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me to see somebody go out there and overpay and, and try to project him as, as the answer to some kind of – Great issue, third line center, blah blah blah. They'll they'll try to sell him to their fans as that, and and he may not be the answer. It may not go well, but he'll, he'll he would get paid though. Casey Sizikas has been in the league for ten years. He's made a total of twenty million dollars. So you can double that in double four. That in four years. Bye. <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll see, it, I'll see in four years. Maybe I'll get traded back here. Yeah, you guys are overrating that. That amount of money for that. I don't think anybody's paying that much money. Well, we will see. We will the see time, tomorrow. That's for sure. Time, time will will certainly will certainly tell all that. But even Blake Coleman's tied back to the Devils too. I mean, look, everybody. I, I don't think Devils. that's really going to happen. I think he's going to Dallas. Um, with uh, with Suter too. Suter, they're looking to give Suter a four year deal. So I can see probably Palmieri leaving and Parisi coming in to maybe yes. replace to to replace. Um, and I could see Parisi coming in on a nice team-friendly deal, given oh, he's yeah. going to make all that money in with Minnesota. Absolutely. And I and I say that because you know what, if if Nick Ritchie doesn't really work out, if the you know he was uh, he wasn't qualified by the by the Bruins and he's been linked to the Rangers, Palmieri would look really really good on the right side of of Strom and Panarin. Got to tell you, he's that tough guy who gets into the corners. Sits in front of the net. I, I I think Paul Murray would be a really good fit on the on the on the Rangers next year, playing on a line with Strom or whoever's on that line with Panarin. because it, it may not be Strom. You know, there's there's talk about the Eichel stuff, and 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 I'm and I'm glad that um, Drury backed away from the Eichel thing uh, when he had to include Schneider or or Lundqvist, these kids that you know could potentially be something for, in my opinion, damaged goods. And, and a guy who's making $10 million a year. Um, so it looks like they're, they're not talking, but with Drury, he's one of those GMs who doesn't say anything like Lou, like Iserman. 
Um, but what has been linked to the Rangers is Philip Deneau in Montreal. Um, that would essentially make Ryan Strom tradable. And he's been linked to Seattle. He's been linked to Ottawa. He's been linked to Las Vegas in, in the past couple of weeks. Um, and Deneau slides right into your third line center on a line with maybe Goudreau and Kreider, which would be a very interesting line. Um, and that moves young Philip Heedle up to your second line center, center in line with Panarin and whoever's going to be that other winger, whether it be Kratzoff, uh, whether it be Kako. Um, man, it seems like we're saying the same thing that we said at the beginning of the year. This is Philip Heedle's year, man, to prove himself to be the guy, to be that young guy to step in and take that second line center role that he never has yet. Um, and it seems like we're putting him in that same position or potentially putting him in that same position this year to be that, to be that guy. Filipino has been in the league fucking four years. He's only 21 years old. going to be 22 this year. Um, I think he, 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 this is, I, even though I said it last year, this is make or break. This is make or break year. There, this, this is it. He's, he's either going to take a, a really big step forward where he really proves himself to be a center or, He's gone. He's out of town. He's going to make, he's, he's got, he's a restricted free agent. He's going to resign somewhere around 2 million bucks on an AVV, maybe two and a half million um, to be, to be your second line center. Okay. I'll kind of take that and, and roll the dice and take a gamble on him because he had a really good start to his year last year until he broke his wrist. Um, so we'll see. There's a lot of things tied to the Rangers right now with, with Richie, with uh, Patrick Nemeth, who is a, a defenseman uh, played in Colorado um, half of last year and, and half with Detroit. He'll be brought over to be that third line left winger, hopefully paired with Niels Lundqvist to be a, that countryman uh, tandem pair, that stay-at-home defenseman with hopefully the offensive defenseman. We'll, so we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how that works out, even if Lundqvist makes the team or not. Depends on how his training camp goes. Um, but I like that the Rangers kind of backed away from Eichel a little bit and are protecting their assets. I've heard, you know, mixed reviews about how can you hold Braden Schneider back? How can you hold Lundqvist, Lindquist back from for trading for a center like Eichel? I don't know what we're getting back with Eichel right now. I'm sorry. That's that's just my take on it and how I feel. You um, also don't necessarily know what you have in those two players, and it might be better to kind of see what you have on the cheaper side of the, you know, those two players versus bringing somebody in at $10 million and not having it pan out. Right, because you bring in Eichel, you, 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 you stack him with, with Zibanejad next year, and then Zibanejad's gone. He's yeah. leaving. You're, you're not resigning him. So you you're can. losing Mika Zibanejad, who could potentially be your captain this year. So I, I hope they got their head on straight and they don't have their head up their ass about Eichel and bringing him and making a splash like that. There's other ways to do it. Um, I think but the you're, offensive but you're part, right. This is this is the year that those kids have got to take look, the next step. Not just not just Heedle, no, all of them. Look, Buchnevich got traded because I, Kratsev is Buchnevich, just four or five years younger, and I think Kratsev has more of an upside. But Kako was taken number two. Lafreniere was taken number one. It's time for these guys to start taking over on their entry level deals in order to produce. Um, and that's, you know, they, I, I think they have the offense. I really do. I think they have the offensive firepower to take them really far. They need, 
they need the Philip Deneaux, they need the Nick Ritchies, they need the the the, the Nemitz, they need you know the Goudros, they need these guys to come in. And it can't be Blackwell, it can't be Rooney, it can't be Gauthier like it was last year. They need they need a third line, and they're they're forming one. But I hope this Philip Deneau thing actually goes through. Um, as much as I would, I, I don't want to see Strom go. If Deneau does come in and Hedl moves up and Strom does get traded um, as just cap casualty for 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 picks or for some other assets, I, I'm I got to tell you, I'm kind of okay with that. I'm kind of all right with with having your centers stack next year being, you know, Zibanejad, Hedl, Deneau. I mean, it's hard to pay your second line center, you know, two million dollars and your third line center five million dollars. Um, but okay. And then you got, you know, either Morgan Barron or, or Kevin Rooney is as your fourth line center. I'm all in. I'm, I'm, I'm good with this. I'm, I think it's balanced across the board. You have high end talent on your number one and two lines, and you got really good check defensive players on your third and fourth line. I think it promotes a lot of good balance and I'm all for it. I, I hope it works. I hope it does. Very excited. Pretty excited about that. Don't fuck it up, Drury. That's why I'm hoping the Devils. That's kind of why I'm hoping the Devils drop Zaka back to the third line center, because I feel like that's the ideal position for him, behind Heishier and Hughes, rather than having him play out of position on a wing with one of the two of them. You get somebody else to fill that spot, and he can go back to third line center. You know, he's a great penalty killer. He's going to be. He's basically just taking over for Travis Ajak, where Ajak left off. I, I, I agree. I, Hughes and, and he sure have to be one, one and two. Yeah. And, and Zaka has to be your three. That's your, that's your center stack. It's a really, really good one. And you had the, the, who was the young Russian kid who played really well last year? Why is the name escaping? Sharon um, Govich. Yeah. Sharon Govich. Yeah. yeah I, look, and the addition of Holtz and, you know, any other moves that, and, that, and, and anybody else that comes in. Yeah. If they get a terrorist, if they somehow land a Tarasenko, or convince Paul Mary to come back. Yeah, or there, there's you know a ton of other available options out there too that that could that could find their way onto the uh, onto the New Jersey Devils. So look, good, very very fascinating things, very interesting things. One team that I, I don't really hear about is the Penguins. They, they, it seems like they cleared out some space. It seems like they they. They have talent to win. Anybody who's tied to the Penguins? I haven't really heard anybody tied to the Pe- Penguins are signing this guy tomorrow. I haven't seen that anywhere on my Twitter feed. No, and, and Hexall is, has already all but said that uh, they're probably going to wait for the uh, Russia free agency to settle a little bit and see what's hanging around in August. I don't know how I feel about that attitude, but 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 the fact of the matter is, you know, they cleared some cap space. It's not a, it's really not a ton of cap space. It's like seven point four million dollars. Uh, they've still got to re-sign Zach Aston Reese, who got a qualifying offer, and and Radim Zahorna got a qualifying offer. Thank God. Uh, Where is Radim Zahorna from? Uh, the, the Czech Republic. He played in oh, Brno. Love that guy. Yeah. Great, great guy. Tall, tall uh, forward. Um, they the Penguins did not give a qualifying offer to Mark Jankowski, so uh, you guys, all your teams could go rushing uh, to, to pick him up. He's he actually started the season last last season pretty good, but uh, they they soured on him pretty fast after that. Um, their own free agents, though, uh, Colton Sevier 
Evan Rodriguez and uh, Frederick Goudreau. Um, the other Goudreau, uh, Cody CC. So uh, they've got needs right where those guys were and also where Jared McCann and Brandon Tanev were. Um, Cody CC, like the, the Penguins do need a right side defenseman. And I, I think that he, he would be a good candidate to resign. He, he, uh, he had a strong season last season. Um, and Goudreau and Rodriguez both both did a lot of really good things uh, on the team too. So I'm hoping that that they can fit them in the, in the cap as well. But the, the one that really just surprises me, because we, we haven't talked really since the, since the Kraken expansion draft, we, we talked right before it. Um, I mean, how the fuck did the Penguins lose two guys in that, in that expansion draft? How the, how the hell did he pull that off? He got, he managed to lose both McCann and Tanev and got Philip Hollander in return. I mean, the prospect to, throw into the system i guess and maybe he'll pan out in a few years but you you supposedly this is a now team uh they kept jeff carter you know on that third line for a reason i mean uh so what is the deal with with losing those two guys especially you know when when malkin uh is projected to miss the first couple of months of the season with uh with knee surgery um and you had mccann there last year who who filled in really well in the power play when malkin was out so um what they're going to, you know, I don't know how they're going to address all these things in free agency with $7.4 million. It's a, it's a tall order, but um, you think yeah, they can I, stretch Malkin all the way to the, to May um, with that knee injury. You think they can do that? Cause that would, oh, that would just, free up about $10 million. Just keep him out. Yeah. Just, yeah, just do keep a, him out. I mean, you're good. Just hang out for a while. Can yeah. I give you some Add breaking Malkin. news? Breaking, breaking news? news. Can I get the breaking news sounder? The Tampa Bay Lightning have acquired defenseman Brent Seabrook from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for forward Tyler Johnson and the Lightning's 2023 second round draft pick. So they, they got LTIR. In they Brent got LTIR Seabrook. for Tyler Johnson and a 2023 second round pick man blackhawks might actually be pretty good next year actually they got a goaltender now they might have their number one center back they got they signed a number one defenseman they traded a good defenseman and then now they got a speedy little forward and now they got a speedy little forward that steve wanted on the devils i want flurry flurry may not play there well he's talking i think about he's softened right? on that we'll see well, look, he was sore. He said he found out he got traded by Twitter. I mean, we all did. Yeah. Well, it shouldn't have been on the bathroom. <laughs> right. He was on the shooter at that particular time. But a player like, like I know they've had their problems out in, in Las Vegas. But, I mean, I guess I guess they don't, right? Because how good did fucking Glenn Sather treat Brian Leach when he traded him? He didn't. He just said, you're moving here. You're going to Boston. So I guess the GMs don't really necessarily have to reach out. I mean, I guess that's more of a courtesy that they do, but I don't know. It can also be who it can also be a matter of who's leaking what and when. I mean, if, if somebody's, you know, somebody's in the room getting uh, go, going to their contact, uh, it, this shit can get out so instantly that maybe nobody has a chance to wrap up a meeting and go make sure they talk to, to Theo Fleury first. Wouldn't you think that like, they would at least call him afterwards if that if it even did leak and be like, "Hey, this happened." You would assume. Yeah, sorry, I would assume so. Sure. Unless unless it happened and then they just you know 
narrative of the story is that they just like they didn't say anything no matter what you know or yeah maybe it was a response to the to the agent with the with the knife through the back thing from last year <laughs> that's maybe that was true. a final stick it to you <laughs> that's true that was there's great. belief that that money freed up response. now there's belief now in tampa that that money that freed up means coleman might resign that's five million dollars they so can yeah he might he might well, even give him a little yet. bit of a discount just to stay. Or Casey Sezikis. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, but they're still up they're still up against the cap though. Well, that's right six six point eight seven five million dollars that I think that deal frees up. Well, is Seabrook now on cap friendly? Is he counting against their cap right now? That's what I want to see. It, it looks like he's on on the injured list. It looks like he's already on LTIR and is not part of that cap hit. Maybe sixty, sixty, yeah. That, no, that, I don't. I don't think they. I still don't think they can do it. Yeah. But they're but on again on Kai Friendly, it shows their projected LTIR used is only one point one two. Yeah, so maybe maybe that is right. I I don't I don't know. Oh boy, I don't know. But hey, maybe maybe they Cheater's do. Cheater's gonna cheat. Cheater's gonna cheat. Well, they're gonna do it without Tyler Johnson. I can tell you that. The Blackhawks acquired Mark Andre Fleury. Tyler Johnson and a second round draft pick today for nothing. Absolutely nothing. Literally nothing. It's about time you see it my way, my friend. But no, no, I'm, I'm just I'm just I'm just reading what I what I saw on Twitter. What they got That's was right. was maneuverability nothing. in cap space. They got nothing in return. They got cap space in return. You're welcome. I was right. <laughs> You were wrong. You suck. I rule. <laughs> but I am just happy to be on your podcast. You should be. We all are. You know what else I'm happy about? It's wow. time for trivia with Bill. Yeah. Oh. Oh, is it? Oh wait. Let me let me go. Uh, let me go get my stuff. Hold on not prepared it was an agenda item it's, it's always an agenda item how do you not have the card with you it's it's a fucking two inch by Sorry. three inch oh, oh my god god no this worked so well for nick last week i i gotta try i gotta try it's <laughs> topless trivia with bill <laughs> yes that makes it all the more <laughs> Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna go to this question here. Um, on July twenty seventh, two thousand eleven. Hey, that's ten years ago tonight. I, I wait. I need to, amazing? I, I just need to block that section of the Zoom call. <laughs> I'm having a hard time concentrating. I mean, on the sexiness, I just want to let you know. <laughs> it's ten years ago tonight. What player scored four goals in a single D league game? In Edison, New Jersey. Is this an NHL? Is this, is this, for, is this for the really a card? 
This was one of the cards. Oh my yeah, god! on the cards. Holy shit! John Martinkovich, Jimmy Schultz, Jimmy Nick Florida. Incorrect. 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 Zero for three. Jay Hutchinson, Ray Preston. No, no. Nick Berry. Nick Kale. No, wasn't wasn't no no. <laughs> Nick Kale is a good one. Uh, I, oh, one Tom Harkness. Had to Tom, be. Tom couldn't make it that night. Actually, I remember pretty well. Tom mm. couldn't get to that game. Bill Fougere. Why That's the fuck the did guy. wait wait a fucking second? Why didn't I said your fucking name? Why didn't you say me first, you asshole? Yeah, like you would score four goals in the game. Come on. Let's get serious. Come on. Come on. Oh shit. Why uh, now again, tremendous accomplishment. Lost the game anyway, so it really doesn't matter. Did you write this down somewhere? How do you know the exact date? It came up on a memory this morning on like Facebook. on Facebook? Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Wow. Okay, great. Put your shirt I on. Am. Please. Jesus. How did we lose that game, Bill? Do you remember? Uh, we were down 5-4. And he, he didn't score five. And I, I actually, in like with about 22 seconds left, I hit the post. Yeah. Hit the post. Hit the post. Could have tied it up. Could have had a five goal and, game. And it's not like it's not like one of those you hit the post because like the goalie like only left you like this much space and you were going for it and you just no. I had net to shoot at. Oh, and, gaping, uh, huh? Yeah, I hit the post. I, I just had to get it up and over him, and uh, yeah, ding. Uh, That's all right. Uh, <laughs> after seeing Bill without a shirt on, I need something to reset the scene nobody nobody so complained like do, this when nick did this, did this last week let's, let's do impressions with nick let's see if i have my special guest here hey Whoa, we have a special guest, special guest? another special one special guest for impressions i can't handle so many special guests in one day well, i think that's all miss Are you still doing yeah <gasps> who is it I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to walking through the rented house. (laughs) Well, every rented house comes with a guy. Yeah. Is that wow? Yeah. It comes with a special Uh, guest. Hey. Why are there no lights? There we go. Now we're looking at the ceiling. It's a nice ceiling fan, I gotta tell you. It is nice. Hey, Brian, how are you? It's good. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good. good. How are you? Bill and Harkness. Harkness, <laughs> how you been? Not too bad. This is living, living I'm the Florida life. Old time Islander fan. You know, my my son's a, an Islander fan because his father was a, a big time Islander fan. Back in the day, Michael Bossy down the right side, slap shot score. That's what I remember. That's when the goalies were like five foot four and they wore pads that were like an inch thick, That's right? Right, Billy Smith. <laughs> Top his no, nails. No logos on the boards. Yeah, listen, 
I remember when they barely wore masks. The Gump Worsley's days. Oh, my so, goodness. Yeah. He, he remembers that. when Stan Fischler was just starting to turn senile. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's very true. It's very true. So uh, what is the topic we're talking on tonight? Anything in particular? We're, well, we're on a segment right now that uh, your son does impersonations of, uh, of famous uh, NHL moments. Last year, he, uh, last week, he took his shirt off and uh, reenacted uh, Kucherov's press conference after the Stanley Cup final, oh. which was very interesting. And uh, he actually made Kucherov Irish somehow. Oh, it's fucking That's great. Interesting. That was, that was the comment <laughs> very, that... Uh, very interesting. When that you, was... I'm glad you told me that, because when you said he took his shirt off, I thought you were going to tell me he was doing a Jerry Seinfeld uh, Devils... Uh, uh, oh, that would have been good. Like, that would have yeah. been a good one. <laughs> That's right, with Putty. That guy's still a legend in, in New Jersey. <laughs> oh, Putty? Yep. Yeah. They love yeah. him. At, at David Putty, they loved center. him. Oh, Yeah. So has he done oh, more impersonations tonight? Uh, he hasn't done any yet. Oh, he's got yes. him right there on the bobblehead. Isn't bobble that head. great? Got his own, got his own bobblehead. Oh, look at that, beautiful. Even well, a devil fan. Yeah. Well, I'm a little bit of a devil fan because I live in New Jersey. I picked them up uh, when we moved here 30 years ago, but uh, Islanders are still in the heart. Can't yeah, you but, can't you can't lose can't leave behind your true love. No, 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 no. no. Listen, I, I had a great experience. I, I I went to a dinner one night back in uh, God, it was in the late '80s, and uh, I had dinner with John Tanelli uh, right after they wow. won the cup, and uh, he let me take his ring and put it on. It was a beautiful experience. So that's awesome. I have I have some great memories of those days. Yeah. Are you yeah. aware? Are you aware of the fact that your son almost ran an islander off the road? No. Who did you? Who did you try to kill? <laughs> Michael Pecka. Yeah, he didn't tell me that. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tried to run him off the road coming ho- coming home from an islanders game. He said. That, that was it, was him it him driving or was it Tara? Well, that I could understand. <laughs> yeah, that would have taken him right out of the ring of honor for sure. <laughs> You know, you, you, you murder one of the, uh, the all-time yeah. greats. You're in a little bit of trouble. Now, now your wife came on the on the on the podcast. Uh, she wrote a review, and she called Nick as her favorite son. Do you like Nick or Chris better? <laughs> well, we do refer to Nick as the number one son. Now, well, that, he was first. That, that that is, you know, he was born first. Yeah. So there's a reason for him to get that moniker. But um, see, Tom, know, moniker, moniker, not monocle, not monocle, monocle. Can I open up a can of worms there? Tom, Tom Sorry. tried to say that before, and he said monocle. I said monocle, monocle. like the Monopoly no, guy. Monocle, yeah, monocle is just one eyepiece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick, you gotta go Nick's and say not, it right. Thanks. Nick, Nick is definitely the number one son, and for many reasons. Christopher, uh, we love him dearly. He's kind of one A. You know, we won't call him, we won't call him two, but you know, one and one, a. one, 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 a and one B, I guess they Just are. Just like every NHL team wants their goalie tandem to be one and one a, that's the one. Teresa yeah. was very adamant about Nick being her favorite. I just, I'm just throwing that out there. Well, 
I, I think she's probably being truthful about that too, unfortunately. <laughs> Chris is sitting over to my right. Chris, I yes. hope you're not listening to this. She's just getting a complex. <laughs> guy. Oh, the conversation with the therapist next week. Oh my God. <laughs> That's too funny. Harkness, you still got that bird? Yeah. Well, I got a, we got a new one. The old, the, new the one, other right? one died. Other one we got a yeah. we got a bigger one. We got a double head, double head, yellow headed Amazon. Uh, you have a two headed bird? Uh, well, no, it's just a double yellow headed. Not oh, okay. that he has two heads. It's just he'll be very yellow on his head. And and what's the last one's name? Because I think the last one's name was Peanut. That's man, you got you got nice. dynamite memory. Holy Jesus! His name is Loki. Loki. Norse god of mischief, and he fits that name to a T. Because at night, man, he 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 goes, and that's when that's when his party time. He wants to he wants to fight. He wants to wrestle. He wants to talk. He wants to do everything at night. During the day, leave me the fuck alone. But at night, that's, that's where he wants it. He wants the action. He's he's a great bird. I didn't think I'd like a big bird like that, but he's a good bird, man. And he's gonna outlive me too. <laughs> oh, do they live a long time? He's, Fingers he's, crossed. He's, <laughs> he's going to live somewhere between 50 and 60 years. Oh, my goodness. I know. I told my son, I said, listen, he's yours. <laughs> well, you know, at least he'll have somebody to take care of you when you're old and gray. Why? I hope so. Yeah. Maybe. It depends. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm tormenting them now, so they may not. Well, I don't know. What are they doing next week? <laughs> Get it? Yeah, I got it, Bill. Thanks. That was funny. Now, what happens in the off season? What What are the topics we will be discussing? I think we're going to do a, we're going to do a show next week to to cover uh, what happened in free agency, and then we're going to take a, a break for three weeks and come back at the end of August and get ready for uh, free season. For the next season. Yeah, yeah, it comes up quick. Yeah, it's very exciting. Well, Steve, you got, you seen hockey in a while this year, right? You're all uh, you Ranger Islander Devil fans, right? Yeah, and penguins. Or is there a, and a Pittsburgh fan? Yeah. yeah, tough season for everybody. Yeah, don't let don't let the penguin fan yeah. fool you. He's he's at heart still a Ranger fan, right? Well, he loves Jim Dolan. Well, so now the truth the truth be told. Originally, I was a Ranger fan because Ooh. when I was young, my mom loved the Rangers, and I'm dating myself so much now, but. There was no NHL on TV back then. So we would listen to the games on radio. Oh, wow. In my kitchen. Yeah. And they would talk about great, you know, theater of the mind. Yeah. The, the announcers were absolutely awesome. And, uh, uh, you know, you'd hear those names getting called out and just rattled off one after another. And you could see the game, but you weren't watching it. It was that good. So I was a Ranger wow. fan until you know, the, the Islanders came along and then I became an Islander fan. But uh, yeah, but that's how we watched the games. We watched them in our, in our minds because there was no, no NHL on TV. Would you, uh, were, did you ever go see a game live back, like back then? Uh, an NHL game? No. Okay. My, my, my uncle, my, we're, you know, we're up at, at, up in the Adirondacks right now at a, at a house up in the mountains. And my aunt is with us, my aunt Carol, and uh, my uncle Bob, who recently passed away, he used to work at the Island uh, Island Garden, which was a, a small venue hockey arena out in Hop Hog, where the Long Island Ducks played. 
I don't know if you, any of you guys know anything about the Long Island Ducks, but they were, uh, uh, you know, I guess they were professional, but they were the B League. Okay. And uh, he used to take us there to see their games. And um, here's an interesting thing. They only had glass on the ends of the ice. Oh, gosh. On the sides, they had rope. They had like, um, like a rope netting. So um, that was pretty interesting. Sometimes those pucks would just come right through the rope. Yeah. And uh, it was a small arena. It was about, I think it probably held about 5,000 people. But there was never more than a couple thousand in the stands. And uh, you went there to see the fights. It was like Slapshot, right? It was like very line brawls, bench clearing. The guys that played in that league... Um, they were either XNL and and XNHL players who had, you know, seen the ends of their careers, or they were young up and comers who might have gotten picked up by the the parent team, or they were lifers, guys that that never made it to the pros and um, or to the NHL and started and finished their career there. Those were the guys you wanted to see. There was a guy, and you, you may know this name, um, who was their, 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 the guy we all went to see all the time. His name was John Brophy. And he, he became the, I believe he was the head coach for a season or two, I'm not mistaken, but he was, the, he was I think, the general manager for a while of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. That's back in maybe the early 80s. Because his career ended, he probably played till he was in his late forties, and um, he was one of those guys that you know, the stick was his weapon, oh. <laughs> and uh, and he, you know, there's an old there's an old line I think that uh, somebody said once about uh, Gordy Howe that he could take your eye out with his stick, and that's that's what John Brophy was. Look his name up. He's a famous... Uh, Brophy was a tough defenseman who played 18 seasons in the Eastern Hockey League, racking up e- nearly 4,000 penalty minutes between go. 1955 and 1973. Holy there you shit. Go. Retired, <laughs> retired at the age of 40. Yeah, he was, he was uh, just a nasty guy. And we would go to those games just to see him because he'd pick a fight with anybody and he probably had three or four fights every game, um, but it was a fun place to go watch hockey. You know, we'd sit on the, we'd, we'd, you could pretty much sit anywhere and then, you know, pucks would come up in the stands all the time. That's crazy. So, so it was a great place the, to go. I can't believe that the string didn't stop the pucks. <laughs> you know, you'd meet the guys in the, in the parking lot if you got there early coming in and they, 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 most of them looked like they had been in a war, um, you know, with the black eyes and the broken noses and the stitched faces. And they'd be climbing out of some old beat up jalopy with their, their gear slung over their shoulder. No, uh, no fancy locker rooms, no, uh, no, you know, no special treatment in those days. Those guys were, they were hockey enthusiasts for sure. So, so Brian, uh, so Brian, back in the day, Islanders fans, you know, early mid eighties, who was, who was, was bossy the guy for you? He was the guy for me. I mean, I, that whole team, that whole cup team, uh, there were quite a few guys that I, I liked. Um, 
you know, Clark Gillies was a guy I liked a lot. Um, uh, Billy Smith, the goalie, was such a character. I liked him. But my, my favorite hockey player uh, from that period was, was Bossy because he was just smooth as silk. Mm. He, could, he could skate like the wind and he, 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 could, he could shoot that slap shot from just inside the line and put it on the money. Boy, he, he, he was a beautiful player to watch. You know, that was back in the day when 50 goals was a lot of goals mm-hmm. and, and in a season. And he was a guy that, you know, would be in that range often. So uh, he was fun to watch. Yeah. So you, you, you watch Bossy for all those years and Espo, you know, the guys that were scoring 50 goals. And then a guy like Gretzky comes and just uh, obliterates every single record that those legends set. What was that? What was, was that? That was, that was devastating. Yeah. Yeah. Because because I thought Bossy was in the history of the game. I think he's one of the great players. And to see the numbers that Gretzky would put up was almost it was hard to believe, you know, but then you had to watch him play. And once you saw what he could do, um, you had to respect him. But it took a while because (laughs) originally he was that young up and comer that just was doing things that didn't seem possible. It wasn't even the goals for me with him. It was the assists. Yeah. You'd see that. I mean, yeah, he'd, he'd put 73 goals up, up, but he'd have, uh, you know, 120 assists or whatever the numbers were. They were phenomenal numbers. I, I just don't so. think we, we had, we had that in our generation. You know, we, we've had the Gretzky's and we had the Lemieux's and we've, we've had all these great players, but there's never been that one guy. There's never been that Tiger Woods in our generation who was just so much better than all the other hockey players. Like Tiger Woods was so much better than all the golfers. Yeah. And just Gabby, yeah. Gabby Gabby Douglas. Look, well, the fire, the look guy, at the fire on the face of the Penguins fan. The, the, the other guy I'll tell you that played that, that I remember, and I was pretty young, but I remember him well, was watching Bobby Orr play. And, you know, they talk about him even today, how great he was. And as good as you think he was, he was that much better. Wow. The, 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 there was nobody that could skate like Bobby Orr and he had every skill shooting, skating, you know, there was nothing he couldn't do, but he was, he was poetry in motion on ice. It was a shame when he got hurt because back in those days, they didn't have the technology, you know, to, to take care of knee injuries. And uh, he was like, he, he fell into the same, you know, unfortunate situation as like a, a Joe Namath back then who, you know, tore up his knee and then he couldn't play anymore um today these guys get an injury and they're back on the ice in six months it's amazing but but bobby orr was was every bit whatever you've heard about him he was he was an amazing player to watch and i think he was respected too by everybody because he was a he was a gentleman on the ice he was a tough player but he he was a he was a gentleman and and everybody respected him so, you know, he was that he was that guy in that era. But um, it was a different game, though, too. You know, they didn't they, I don't know that they didn't shoot the puck as much. I, I, I think it was just um, the nature of the game was scoring 50 goals was, you know, the stratosphere. Um, and then when Gretzky came in and and and, you know, the what, what was Yari Curry who played with him? Yeah, the chemistry was just incredible I mean, and then you, you put know, paul guys, coffee on top of that to, yeah you know, yeah and there you go. That. i mean it's yep. what can yeah. you do there's nothing you can do yeah well you know and you've seen such changes in the game i mean you had that whole era back in the 70s when the, the philadelphia 
um, team was, you know, the dominant team. And you had uh, Dave Schultz. I met Dave Schultz. It was funny. I met Dave Schultz because after he retired, he was running a uh, limousine service in Philly. And I used to I used to go down there and, and a buddy of mine knew him. So we'd use his service. And, um, you know, that era, you know, it, it was it was a different game, too, because it was it was more about, you know, muscle and 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 taking the other team out than it was uh, about scoring because the, the, the goon era was then. Right. Right. Um, Pardon our language, but here on the show, we have a, a little saying when it comes to the Flyers. Yeah. And that's fuck the Flyers. Fuck the Flyers. Fuck the flyers. Fuck the flyers. Well, well, I was never a fan it's... of the Flyers. I hated the Flyers. <laughs> Although the, the one, there was only one Flyer I, I ever I ever kind of really liked to watch, and that was uh, uh, Dave Hextall, the goalie. Because Hextall was an unbelievable goalie. Yeah. You know, and and another guy who changed the game because, like, he you could were play joking. The puck. He could play the puck, and yeah. you were joking earlier about the the size of the Islander goalies, and Hextall filled the net. Yeah. It was so big. You know, it was almost an unfair advantage because he was he was so big. It was hard to get the puck around him, you know, just period. But uh, other than him, no, I, I was I was an adamant <laughs> anti-Philadelphia. Uh, it, it is 100 percent the only thing that we agree on. We all every four of us agree on it. Yep. That's good. That's good. I like the only that. thing we found. Yeah. <laughs> But like I, I, I've told these guys that you're probably one of the best storytellers I've ever really met in my life, and and a lot of that has rung true uh, this evening uh, about the stories from from the Islanders and, and growing up and watching the Ranger games on on the radio and stuff like that. So um, thank you for for proving me right. And anytime oh. you want to fill in for your son, by all yeah. means, you have an open door invitation. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna like to hear that. But thank you very much. I appreciate it, guys. It's been fun being on and. Uh, have me again sometime. Absolutely. It would be our Definitely. pleasure. Brian, take right, care of yourself. Night, Have Brian. a great too. night. You too. You too. <clears throat> oh, good. He disconnected Nick. Did he fucking hang up? Oh. God, this, this podcast just got even better. It couldn't be more perfect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, when I used to work for Brian, um, he would oh, just tell me back. stories. Oh. Just tell me there stories all the time. And he was just, he was, he was the best. Nick, we have found your replacement. Yeah, <laughs> there's no question about that. But we we do have to move on. Um, and again, thank your dad for coming on. It was uh, it was yeah, really, that was fun. That was well, that well. was really for me. That was really awesome. But we do have a new uh, a new segment to end season one, and uh, <clears throat> we're gonna go to the newsroom now. Oh, I fucked that up totally. And now for important matters going on in the world of sports. Here's Steve with a V Wojtowicz. Again, I, I didn't know this was going to really be a recurring segment. Um, so I don't have anything hockey specific planned. Uh, so tonight it says from the world of sports. So tonight's topic is national sports talk radio. Does anybody listen to national sports talk radio? I'm not talking like WFAN is regional sports talk network. That's what it should be. No, not necessarily because boomer and geo in the morning they're simulcasted on cbs network on tv which is yeah. national so it's national but they're so not talking regard, about they're not talking about national stories for the most part for the most part they're talking about new york teams yeah so i would no consider that regional 
Uh, okay. I'm talking about ESPN radio, it, their morning show with Keyshawn Johnson and Jason Williams. I'm talking about ESPN radio, the midday show where they talk about all teams across the whole country. And right now the hot topic is the, the big 12 uh, Texas leaving the big 12 to go to the Southeastern conference. I, I don't give a shit. I wouldn't have even known that ESPN had a morning show radio show like that. If and you asked me to tell you Jason who the hosts were, Jason Williams, not the shotgun carrying Jason Williams, no. the motorcycle no. accident, Jason. Williams. Right, the St. Joe's guy, right? Oh, yeah, you go to St. Joe's. Interesting. Yes. All right. No, I'm not, not going to watch it then. Shit. So it's just <laughs> national sports talk radio, unlistenable. It should be all regional because nobody gives a shit about all these other teams. They only want to hear about their own team. Well, in my opinion, all sports radio is unlistenable. Oh shit! Did I say that? Well, no, no, no. podcasts and sports radio. They're they're two. Oh totally yeah, different yeah. Things. No, podcasts, they're totally different things. Podcasts are awesome. Yes. No, I can't listen to any sports radio. It's fucking atrocious. Who who was that one guy? Um, he used to have a show on ESPN. God, I really I despise that guy. And he was a national like radio host. Oh, Stephen A. Smith. No. No, not that guy. Not that guy. I think he has like a show on ESPN still. Oh, Michael, who, Michael Wilbon. There was no. a guy who went to like Tony Kornheiser. Fox Sports. Stat Boy. I, I don't know what we're trying to think of. Uh, I don't know his name. I can't think of his name. It's it's he's really. He's really popular, but I can't for the life of me think of his name for right now. Kenny Maine? No. Nah. Uh, Colin Coward? The... No, no. But I, look, I'm, I'm not a big fan of fucking Colin Cowherd either, by the way. Some of the guy was, that's what I'm saying. Uh, They're all those, that's all those national sports talks people. Are you talking about the guy with, they used to uh, go head to head with Stephen A. Smith on ESPN? Yeah, you may be wrong. You may be right. Maybe he did. Maybe it wasn't radio. Maybe he he did more of the. Oh no, this fucking guy. I think I found him. Oh, the curse. Oh no, I do because I hate Jim fucking Rome. Oh, oh Jim Rome. Yeah, yeah. Jim Rome, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you Jim Rome of the of the Chris Jim Everett fight. Jim Rome. All right, all right Chris. All right, Chris. You want to talk about Chris again, and I'm going to come across this table. All right, Chris. So on on the off chance that I do listen to like Boomer and and Geo in the morning, or I'll listen to uh, the Evan and, well, I used to be Joe Beningo and Evan Roberts, um, they would do the CBS Sports Minute. And every now and again, Jim Rohn would do one of those CBS Sports Minutes. And I would just get nauseous. Fucking hate that guy with a passion. With a passion, I hate that fucking guy. And I don't think he's ever done anything to me, or I even fucking disagree with him. There's just something about uh, no, him. I just fucking that, hate just him. Like got that arrogant personality yeah. that that smarmy. So smarmy. But, but that was your you. second and final ever installment of Important Matters with Steve. What are you talking about? Final. final. <laughs> I can't. But, I can't be doing this shit every week. Not, nobody. Nobody cares. Dude, it's but, the same yeah, exact but, point. It's all. I think the whole soapbox. point. Yeah, the whole point was that you 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 end up making a mountain out of a molehill. You could 
easily be Steve's mountain out of a molehill segment each week. I mean, that's just something that's that you a lot do. of pressure to come. Can we just do it every now and then? It's a lot of pressure Nick's to have a new come one with impressions every week. Every week. Jesus, Christ. he's so good. Is gonna bring that in. <laughs> he's so good at these voices. You'd think it was the real people. All right, now, now, now guys, before we we end the show, and this does conclude season one for the Friends and Rivals podcast tonight, because free agency does start tomorrow, which starts our second season. That is the that is our uh, tipping point. More, I think more on. importantly, it starts the new NHL season. Wow, more, fuck more that. Who cares about that? Okay, we got a review on Apple Podcast. We got a review, baby. However, the person that reviewed us gave us four stars out of five, four. and not five stars. So I'm a little, I'm a little annoyed that we didn't get the full five stars, and I want to know why. I want him on this podcast, and I want to know why we didn't get five stars billy steve with a v you guys like him get him on this podcast next is there is there a review or did he just leave a rating no no there's a review and he doesn't explain well then maybe it says why there why don't you read it to us first before we try to obviously i fucking read it already it says wow exclamation point now this all caps is a hockey podcast Enjoy the ride, comma, whether it's a trip down memory lane discussing hockey history, current rosters, and games, or just 30-odd minutes talking about someone's backyard and cable. That's funny. Uh, and, and this has it all. <laughs> Not for the easily offended or the flyer fan or people from Russia or Irish descent, but a fun <laughs> listen. <laughs> Okay, a quality review, but a quality listen and a fun listen, all that. We got four stars. Maybe, maybe you didn't know you could do five. What? what are, there, there are, you know, there's, there's stars up there. There's one, two, three, four, five of them. Okay. Maybe he's got a small screen Aside from that, I think was, we need to hire him as the marketing department. This was yeah, Pete Dewar with two R's, by the way, 23. So Pete. Okay. I want you on this podcast, August 3rd, small segment. Want to know why we got four stars and how we can do better. Let me ask you a question, Tom. I know your feeling of the guy that wears bow ties. I know what you feel about that guy. But let me, let me just tell you for one second, those fucking reporters who wear bow ties on the sidelines, I want to strangle with their fucking bow ties. What's your opinion of Barmy arrogant fucks they are? What's Sorry. your opinion of the casual golfer who wears knickers? Um, knickers. I mean, it's, you, it's, still, like, it's still the required uniform. If they came out in like jean shorts, that's the way all bets are off there. At least knickers are somewhat are somewhat accepted. You can go to a golf course and wear knickers, no problem. But you can't go to a golf course and wear jean shorts. Can't do well, it. I can. Well, you're right, Nick. Jean Nick shorts, can. hemmed jean shorts, or like cut off jean shorts. Yep, you got it. And oh. and who's that Australian golfer who has the fucking mullet? I mean, he put Australia on the side of his head. He's a guy. Is that Casey Smith? He he's a guy that would wear, or no, Cameron Smith. He's a guy who would wear fucking cut off jeans to a golf course. He's got you know business in the front, party in the back. <laughs> Shaved on the side, you know, AUS Australia on his shaved on the side of his head. Remember, he used to do that. Remember, he used to fucking write with fucking 
a razor on your head when you used to shoot? No. No. Thanks, Steve. Steve, thanks for bringing this up. Nick, what were you, what's your opinion of, of uh, casual golfers who wear knickers? I thought you were going to say something. Yeah, so is this like capris? Just like shorter pants? They're like... You remember you never Payne saw Stewart Payne Stewart? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. okay. That's, those, that's kind of those, yeah, with the long you know, socks. Like, yeah. you picture Kucherov like 80 years ago playing golf in Ireland. Well, what oh, would he Fucking great. <laughs> I just hit that fairway. Like Payne Stewart. Dude, that was spot on. That was pretty good. Payne Stewart was, um, you know, pretty sweet, honestly. Uh, I so Pete, Pete, Dewar, Pete Dewar is a knickers guy. He loves wearing his knickers. I mean, whatever. It's Again, like the, the traditional wear. Who, who cares? Pete, on the show next week. He also likes wearing loudmouth golf apparel from John Daly. That's that's a that's a that's a pair of Pete Dewar oh. pants right there. Seventy four ninety nine on Amazon. Those are pretty bad, man. That's like is it's he yours. unless unless he's got the he's rocking a mullet and chugging a beer and smoking a cigarette at the no, same he, time. He's he drinks a lot when playing the golf. He he does like to imbibe in a in an alcoholic beverage or two while we're I mean, out on the course. You know, when in Rome and you're wearing you're looking like John Daly, you better act like him on the but, course, uh, man. That's all I'm saying. I think either Bill or I will reach out to Mr. Peter Dewar and uh, ask him to make an appearance next week to justify his four, not five star rating. Exactly. My goodness. All right. That's gonna do it for season one of the Friends of Rivals podcast. Thank you for everybody who listened in Germany, India. Uh, Australia, the United States. Uh, we really couldn't have done this without you. Um, at least the first seat. Well, we could have, but you know, you made it all the better because you actually, well, some of you listened. Jesus, none of you listened. Christ almighty. Uh, follow us on the Twitter <laughs> at friends underscore rivals, Facebook, YouTube. I don't, I don't do YouTube anymore. Nobody was fucking watching. Uh, subscribe on Apple podcasts. As evident, we'll read your reviews, even if they're fucking four stars, Apple podcasts, Spotify, Write the reviews. We'll read them on the air. All that shit. Billy, say something. Gabby Douglas earned that goat monocle. That's all I got to say. Well, yeah, Gabby, but not Simone Biles. She's, you know, not the goat. Billy, sing us out. Um, we, we didn't talk about the, the expansion draft at all. You know, you realize that we talked well, about it I last did. week. <laughs> no, well, we, we talked Billy, about Billy talked preparation about it. of the. We talked about before the expansion draft. Yeah, we didn't talk about after. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. the I Devils lost not... Nick Bastion. If you weren't paying attention, yeah. Red Rangers it was lost. A pretty well, yeah, it's true. Only boring. me and Nick had anything to talk about there anyway. Yeah, there was no trades. There's no trades. I guess that's why. We yeah, that was it. it. Was it was a big dud. So boring. Fucking snooze fest. What it was. It, it was hyped to be. It was hyped to be this monumental fucking time, and we just got a fucking high hard one. That was it. Yeah, Vegas. Uh, they got they got all the thunder last time. This time, uh, GMs are all like collectively like, yeah, we're not paying shit. Nobody pay anything. Nah, it's all gonna screw them. I don't know if that, that team is not – I don't know. That team – we've been talking about a weak division they're going to be in, but – They had the know, potential to be a very competitive team. We'll see. Given who was available. They don't make the playoffs, right though. If they don't make the playoffs and make a run, it's a failure based on what Vegas did. 
Yeah, but Vegas was very aggressive about what they did. They were they weren't fucking. They, the Kraken said from Jump Street that they were going to be more concerned with with their salary cap than they were about being fucking competitive. I mean, like their number one center is Yanni Gord. What? Yeah, you can't be your number one center. Yes, it's, it's like it's they they took players yeah. because they had to take players, but they took players who were on very short contracts right. so that they can then craft the team in the fashion they wish to. They better hope that those guys will be flipped for other things. Yeah, you know, in a year or two, get a full team. But I mean, not that Will Butcher is anything to shake a stick at, but to take Nathan Bastion over Will Butcher is is a little surprising. I I could not agree with you more. Good case, Subban, for that matter. Why not? Well, again, you would only have had him for on a one year deal, whereas Butcher is you know a younger player. Yeah, but who in the Kraken is selling fucking jerseys? Gus's Gus Gus the Bahir, whatever the hell his name is.